this is the Angry GM, and what you're listening to now is the supplemental Q&A portion of today's live proofread aloud. I have just finished proofreading aloud the article I entitled GNSP. And now I am taking a few questions and comments from the peanut gallery in the thread on the live chat text channel. And so for any of you who want to ask questions and comments, now is the time to ask questions and comments. And as is standard, I will be pausing the recording until I have a question or comment to answer or comment. Okay, so we do have some questions, and the first question comes from Diego, and that is, is, can I roll persuasion to convince the guard to let us pass by offering a bribe of one gold piece push-button play, assuming it is a trend? Uh, it may very well be, because remember, as I explained in the article, you cannot define push-button play by one simple action in the game. It is a trend or pattern. Moreover, it is a behavior. Moreover, it is born of what the players have in their heads. That is, if you were to say to the player, can you tell me what you say to the guard, if the player would think you were making an unreasonable request of them, that player is a push-button player. Kaladrev. Once you've allowed your thoughts on performance play to marinate, what do you plan to do with any of the revelations you have about it? I don't know. Doesn't it depend on the revelations? But to be totally honest, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to analyze it and explain why I actually think performance play is a bad play style on balance, okay? I already, there are a number of objective reasons why I think that to be the case, but I do not want to jump the gun here and I do want to let my brain think about it a little bit before I jump to that conclusion. And there are reasons of, as I implied, um, just general, the general psychology of social cooperative play. Okay. Boro, what's the biggest sin you've seen on Critical Role and other similar games? I love, so I knew this was going to happen. Boro, thanks for being the one to do it. You're going to take the blame. I knew as soon as I wrote this, someone was going to read everything that I wrote and then say, well, Critical Role and its contemporaries did it. Okay, which is wrong. Critical role is a product, not a cause. And I don't watch much critical role and I don't watch much other, like I will watch occasional, uh, basically I do watch occasional live games. I'll watch one chunk here and there, not because I give a shit about the ongoing story or whatever, but just because I like to keep track of how people are playing the game that aren't me, which is also why, um, like when I go to conventions, sometimes I'll just wander the, the hall and watch people play a game for an hour or two hours or at a game store, I will just watch a game as it's being played for an hour or two uh, because I do try to observe as much play as possible um, other than just assuming um, that I'm running things the right way. So yeah, I don't know. What's the biggest sin I've seen on role-playing on Critical Role or other similar games? I don't know. I don't like, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to sit here and bash on that stuff anyway. People enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with enjoying it. And frankly, um, the pushback against it and saying, oh, it's ruining gamers 
or it's giving players unrealistic expectations or teaching them to play wrong, that's also part of the whole bias that I'm talking about that maybe performance play is the way a lot of people actually do like playing role-playing games and we're the wrong ones or at least we're just playing differently and so shitting on people because they want to use D&D this way and they have found a whole medium that depicts it that way um, might not be the right attitude to take. So yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. Okay, Nori just said not in the thread. I think, to be fair, some people tried way too hard to become Matt Mercer instead of just enjoying Critical Role for what it is. Let me tell you something. If you listen to what Matt Mercer actually says about how to run games and you watch how he runs games, the people who insist they're trying to be Matt Mercer or the people who use the defense of, well, Matt Mercer would or Matt Mercer wouldn't, the people who are trying to imitate Matt Mercer are not listening to him and not, and they're doing it wrong. Matt Mercer actually has excellent GMing advice. He is a very good GM. And even he is the one who comes out frequently and says what we're doing here is not what you would expect at a home game, okay? What we're doing here, we are professional actors and we are doing this, you know, we have, and this is, and we are putting on a show and we are changing things because we know it will make a better show. But if you want to learn how to be a GM, here's my advice, do this, this, and this, and here's why I made that decision. Matt Mercer is actually really good for the gaming community. And the people who are trying to be Matt Mercer actually are doing what they should be doing. They're trying to imitate someone who's good at it. Unfortunately, a lot of people are not trying to be Matt Mercer. They're just imitating Matt Mercer without listening to him. End of rant. Diego, is the difference between a GM asking what do you say and how do you move your lockpicks around caused by the medium on which role-playing games are played? No. No? Yes? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I like I I don't I don't know what to say to that. Um like if first of all, if a GM asks you how do you move your lockpicks around, that GM is is wrong. Okay? But that's not because of the medium on which role-playing games are played. That's more of a convention of game design where you can, when you design a game, you have to know what knowledge you can expect outsiders to bring and what knowledge you can't. So for one example, okay, many people will say it is unfair to expect people to decide what their character says. Um, decide what their character says is unreasonable because I shouldn't have to know how to interact socially to play the game that is outside knowledge that is not related to Dungeons and Dragons. And I will say, you are absolutely wrong. Dungeons and Dragons is by its nature a social game. It is not unreasonable to expect that you are walking in with a basic knowledge of social interaction enough to at least describe 
in broad strokes a a, a uh, argument your character might make. Like, I will argue that because my daughter is sick, it was okay for me to steal, okay? Which doesn't require any sort of broad performance or whatever. You're just describing, like, what argument are you making? At the same time, asking a, a, a player to describe in detail the process of picking a lock is an unfair prerequisite, okay? And that, this is, and this is not a blanket thing, okay? The thing is, at some point, D&D is a game of strategic combat. I expect my players to make strategic and tactical decisions. I understand that when they start playing the game, they may not be good at making those decisions. I expect them to learn how to make those decisions by playing the game, which is the same as saying you get good at a game by playing it. It is one of the challenges you learn is how to win in combats in D&D. D&D is a game of fantasy combat. So just saying, well, my character is a trained combatant in the world and would therefore know how to do this or that, and so I shouldn't have to choose which action to take whatever, is as ridiculous as saying I shouldn't have to choose what words to say. And very few players, interestingly enough, would argue I shouldn't have to choose where to move and which character to target and which attack to move because my character is more strategic than I am, but at the same time saying, I shouldn't have to decide what my character says to make a, a reasonable argument uh, to this guard is an unreasonable ask. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, I'm just scanning here. Let's see. I don't know how much time I have left, but uh, Tannen is saying, I found the discussion of the development of an individual style interesting. The people that introduced me to D&D were probably more narrative with some performance aspects, but shortly after I started playing, I ended up GMing and came across Angry's articles, who informed me of what I think GMs should look over the past what I think GM should look like over the past decade. So my personal style has been built between these two distinct styles, thought processes. Thanks for the article. Yeah, I, I, I'm really glad that, um, um, yeah, I'm really glad that it was helpful. Okay, Diego has, has thrown another question. Uh, look, just to be aware though, the whole point of the Q&A thing is not so that a person can have a text conversation with me and ask me to keep clarifying. You ask me for, you ask me for an answer, I'll give you an answer. If you need more clarification than that, you can email Ask Angry, you can ask me in the Discord, but this is not going to turn into a back and forth between me and someone else, especially uh, where it's just going back and clarifying the same point over and over again. Nonetheless, Diego says, so what is the difference between what you said about the sick daughter and declaring that you were offering a one GP bribe so that the latter warrants the GM asking, what are you saying to the guard? The difference is you said, can I roll persuasion to convince the guard to pass and offer a one GP bribe? So I then have to ask, what is it you are saying to the guard to convince them to accept the bribe, okay? That if you are just flinging a gold piece at the guard, that is not what you said in your action declaration. Had you said to me, I give the guard a GP to let me go, 
then I would say the guard is does not accept it. He is offended or, you know, whatever. Or he accepts it and lets you go. You said, I want to roll persuasion to convince the guard and offer the bribe as a supplement to that, okay? In which case, I went, well, if you are persuading and convincing, you need to tell me what you are doing to persuade and convince. That's the difference, okay? If you weren't persuading and convincing, if you were just holding out a gold and saying, here, here's a gold piece, just let us buy, that would be a different action. Okay. Well, I got a message from the producer. Five-minute warning. Okay. If anybody has any last questions to get in, now is the time to get them. All right, so it looks like that's it. That's it for the questions and comments. Uh, so I'm going to call it a day here and say I hope you enjoyed the proofread loud. I'm going to thank everybody who uh, put up with my abuse and asked questions. Uh, Proselys, thank you for producing. Diego, Kaladrev, Boro, uh, Nori, and Tannen, thank you for commenting and discussing. Thank you, everybody who hung out. Thank you all for the support, and I will chat with you again next week.